The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the third chapter. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then shall we do? And he answered them, Whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation, and be content with your wages. As the people were in expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortations he preached good news to the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, who had been reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things that Herod had done, added this to them all, that he locked up John in prison. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. It is not just the busyness of the season. It really has been a crazy year for all of us. In many ways, it has been exhausting and disheartening. The world seems to have gone mad. And just like us, John the Baptizer would like to have a quiet Christmas. As a prophet, quiet comes naturally to him. He lives alone in the wilderness, somewhere between the locust and the wild honey and the sand and the scrub, where the only other voice belongs to God. But like us, John the Baptizer is feeling the press of the season. 
Lately, John has been prodded and pushed so hard by the holiness of God and by the ungodliness of the people around him that he is now loudly out among the Advent crowds with a sermon that many of them and perhaps even many of us will find disquieting. Repent and be baptized because the kingdom of God is at hand. Hardly anybody tells anybody to repent anymore. So if John wants a quiet Christmas, why ask for trouble? The truth is, he can't help it. It's there in a very literal reading of Luke chapter 3, verse 2, from the Gospel for today. The word of God happened to John. And when the word of God happens to somebody, every last thing in life becomes different. Admittedly, there is a tenor in John's voice that can be off-putting. Vipers and wrath. And don't you all begin to say to yourselves that you are sons of Abraham, and stones and axe and root and tree and chop and everlasting fire. That is a difficult sermon for the most willing ears to hear. But consider the alternative. The only thing worse than no silence is false silence. Pretending that everything is okay even when it isn't. After all, as I've said to you many times before, the very first rule of a dysfunctional family is never say what's on your mind. John's world certainly was dysfunctional. Caesar was an imperialist and Pilate was a thug. And King Herod was a tyrant. And the high priest Caiaphas was a crook. And faithful people like Zechariah and Elizabeth and Joseph and Mary regularly got crushed underfoot. And none of that was going to fix itself. Not then and not now. We've all been in situations like that where things have gotten so bad that we just want to ignore our troubles and wish our sins would go away. But they don't. They can't. Because evil is a real, powerful, and enduring thing. And when we touch evil, we give it life. We actually give evil incarnation. We give evil our very own flesh and our very own blood. And then our sin sticks around to punish us until it is undone. The wages of sin, it turns out, really is death. And sin plus death can ruin any hope that any of us have for a quiet Christmas. Unless something changes. C.S. Lewis once said that most of us Christians are too easily pleased. 
we are too willing to settle, to stop short and to look the other way. We are too willing to live out some sort of dysfunctional detente with our sins rather than admitting when it comes to sin that there cannot be a resurrection until there is a death. There can't be new until the old has been destroyed. And there cannot be good, quiet, holy life until we repent, until our Lord gives us the gift of turning us around, until things are changed and Jesus makes us whole again. So, with John the Baptizer in our Advent neighborhood, what are your chances for a quiet Christmas? They are pretty good, actually. It turns out that the Baptizer does have a softer side because the change that he brings is divine love. It lies with us. If you and I insist on vipers and wrath and saying to ourselves that we are sons of Abraham, if we insist on stone and axe and root and tree and chop and fire, then God will let us have our way. And his very last word to us will be a word of judgment. But certainly you notice that in the gospel for today there are people splashing in the water because they have heard, repent and be baptized and the kingdom of God is at hand as the good news they've always been waiting for, as the change they always needed, as the chance for their sins to be absorbed and undone and for evil to be sent packing. They heard it as forgiveness, as fix, as salvation, as fresh start. They heard it as the gospel, as life after death, as love come to us in the flesh of Jesus. I do believe that the word of God happened to them too. And now this Advent, if it could only happen to us and to our world as well. And of course it can. And it does, and it has, and it will. It will happen to us again this Christmas, and sooner still happen to us in these last weeks of Advent. And sooner still, it is about to happen to each one of you here, at this altar, at this Eucharist, where the same Jesus Christ, who lands in the manger and then on the cross, also lands on your tongue with flesh and blood, touching you and pulling your sins out of you, literally taking your sins away from you. So your sins can never hurt you again, unless, of course, you insist on stealing them back. But don't do that. Instead, go home today and live a changed life, a life that keeps the peace. It's easy, says John. Simply avoid evil and live mercy. 
Give your extra coat to the cold and give your extra food to the poor. Be honest at work. Don't lie or cheat or try to muscle folks around. Be content with what you've got. All of which looks suspiciously like your opportunities here at Christmas sharing and gifts for Grace School and bike boxes and food for the People's Resource Center and support for missions in Siberia and Spain and all the rest. It lies right before you. And then having done your Advent best, and having even your very best works forgiven. Go home today and live in the quiet confidence that you are safe and well-loved and well-used. That the quiet of Christ is always here for you. That the prophetic word has happened to you. That it has touched you here at his altar and his pulpit and his font with divine and life-changing love. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.